So Chai Sora is Shabbos Mavarchim Kislev, and in the Rebbe's very unique learning style, the Rebbe is going to connect Chai Sora with the Chaydesh Kislev, what's the connection between the Parsha and the month of Kislev, and uh, along the way we're going to get a deeper understanding, a revolutionary understanding into what defines the nais, the miracle of Hanukkah. Parshas Chayisara v'ad kilein b'kama v'kama shanim v'hainti kinyar in Shabbos Mavarchim Chedesh Kislev. Many times, many years, including this year, Shabbos Mavarchim, Chayisara is read on Shabbos Mavarchim Kislev. Al-piya yaduah, the parshish ha-shavua, havana shaychet, z'mzman, and velchen, z'verin gilint. According to what we know, the Rebbe brings this many times from the Shalah HaKadosh, that the parsha is connected with the time during which it's being learned and read. So it's understood that in the Parsha of Chayesara, there is some sort of connection with Chaydish Kislev. The unique theme of each month, with which it distinguishes itself from other months, is very often connected with the special days or the Yomim Tevim, the holidays that are in that month. Which they have an impact on the rest of the month. We find very explicitly with regards to the month of Adar, that because of the days of Purim, which are really one or two days in the month, is the Ganser Chedesh, the entire month, was transformed in a Chedesh from Simcha and Yamtiv to a Chedesh to a month of joy and celebration. As the Pasuk in the Megillah says, the month was transformed from sadness to joy and from mourning to celebration. So the whole month of Adar is affected by the fact that in the middle of it there is uh, 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 the days of Purim. And from this we can apply to our discussion as well. As the Teichen for Chedesh Kislev is verbunden mit Yantiv Chanukah, that the theme of Kislev will be connected with Chanukah. Which begins on the 25th of Kislev. And we find a connection in Parshish Chayesara to the Yantiv of Chanukah. Hanukkah was established, was instituted because of the miracle of the cruise of olive oil. The Rebbe quotes from the Gemara, when the Yidin came in to restore the Beis Hamikdash, they can only find one cruise of olive oil that was undefiled. But it only had enough oil to burn for one day. A miracle occurred, and they were able to light eight days of, of, uh, of the menorah for eight days, and therefore the Chachamim established the Yom Tov of Hanukkah to be eight days. And we find a similar miracle by Sarah Hanifkeh. As Chazal teaches us on the Pasuk that's in this parasha, Parashat Chayisara, that Yitzchak brought Rivka, his wife, to the tent of his mother Sarah, as their Ner Shabbos was Sunden, so the Chacham explained that the Ner Shabbos that was kindled both by Sarah and by Rivka 
would remain kindled from Friday afternoon until the following Friday afternoon, although obviously it was uh, only intended to, to uh, burn for, the, for over Shabbos. And nevertheless, a miracle occurred and it stayed lit the entire week. So we see over here that there's a very, a very a similar miracle that occurs in Parshas Chayisara that also took place, Hanukkah, or, or also took place uh, with the Yidden and the Beis Amikdash that led to the establishment of the Yom Tev of Hanukkah. So there's already a connection between Chayisara and Kislev uh, and Hanukkah. But the Rebbe adds a new thing over here. The Rebbe is going to say that there has to be something unique about Hanukkah that we don't see in Sarah and Rivka. Otherwise, why would we make a yamta for something that already happened before? Something must have happened uniquely to Hanukkah that, that uh, caused the Chachamim to want to turn it into a yamtif. Afal Pikein. Nevertheless, especially since the, the miracle that happened with the olive oil caused that the Chachamim should establish a special Yom Tiv because of it. His move on, it's understood as a Nes is the Achidish, the Gabbard of Nes, the Nes of Rivka, so we can understand that there must be something unique, something novel with regards to the Nes of Chanukah over the Nes of the Shabbos candles of Soda and Rivka. It's difficult to say that the only difference is that by the Nes of Hanukkah, which had enough to light for one day, and instead it lit for eight days, and to say that the unique thing is, because the, the novel thing of Hanukkah is, that by Tzara and Rivka, it only, it only uh, stayed lit for a mere seven days. Because this is not a difference in the in the uh, quality or the the actual miracle. The difference would only be quantitatively how long the miracle lasted. You can't say that Hanukkah is so much different, so much more novel than Sarabarivka because it was an extra day. So we have to explain what is unique and what is novel about Hanukkah, the miracle that happened in Hanukkah over the miracle that happened with Sarah and Rivka and their Shabbos candles. So the Rebbe is going to begin to explain this uh, in Siv Beis, and ultimately the Rebbe is going to introduce a revolutionary understanding in the miracle of Hanukkah, which leads us to understand why Hanukkah is so special, and will also help us understand how to properly serve Hashem, especially in difficult times. Siv Beis. The Nes of Hanukkah is Memevar Bechlolos of Tzveifan, and the miracle of Hanukkah, be, Hanukkah can be explained in two different ways. Aleph, es es tzugukum v'derech Nes and Kamos Hashemen. The quantity of the oil was replenished. Be, miraculously. Bis is given genug shemen for ala achtag. And there was, so there was enough oil that initially was only enough for one day, it was enough for eight days. This itself could be seen in two different ways. One way is that the cruise of olive oil, the jug that contained the oil, even after filling with it the lamps of the menorah, the jug remained full. Or another way is that the lamps of the menorah remained full. Every day they would come in the morning and they would see the lamps are still full. 
So either the, the, the either the, the, the cruise of olive oil was constantly full, or the lamps of the menorah were constantly full. as both opinions are brought in Beis Yosef. But the, the the common thing between these two is that it's a quantitative uh, a miracle that there was uh, uh, enough oil that it lasted for that for that that the, 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 the uh, that there was always more oil than than uh, than initially they had or they used base another way is the necessity it wasn't about the quantity of oil it was the quality of the oil the amount of oil that naturally would have lasted for one day it burned for eight days which means that every day an eighth of the of the oil that was in the cruise uh, was used up which means to say that the oil that according to nature this amount of oil would burn for an eighth of a day it received uh, a different quality that it was able to burn for for an entire day and again here in the brackets there's two ways of how this actually happened with either as the Yosef says as matam shemen shbepachts telt of acht chalakim when yada nachtom and in the menera rangigosn nor in chelik one way is to say is that initially they divided the cruise the oil in the cruise into eight sections into eight portions and they used one portion every day and despite the fact that it was only an eighth of a portion never uh, nevertheless it stayed lit the entire day the Prichadr says that the first night they poured the entire cruise of olive oil into the lamps of the Menorah. And every night only an eighth of the oil was uh, was used. And it came the next day, it came day two, and there was still seven eighths of, uh, of the cup was full. The next day, uh, three quarters of the cup was full, etc., etc. But either way, what was happening here wasn't so much that it was constantly being refilled, it was actually uh, uh, diminishing, but it was only diminishing an eighth at a time instead of the entire cup because the oil, is the quality of the oil was enhanced that it could last longer than it was initially, uh, naturally intended to do. So you have kamos and echos. Kamos is quantity, either the oil was constantly being replenished or the oil's quality was enhanced that you needed less oil in order to burn the same amount of time that you would normally need more oil for. Pisa kumtois. And according to this, we can conclude, seemingly, as the bitter bahanal, seen as Hanukkah is in themselves sugness, vinesa nedis, the sort of rivka, is the miracle of Hanukkah the same kind of ness as the Shabbos candles of Sarah and Rivka, or was it a different kind of ness? Is totally nitzvayafanamana. We might suggest that that discussion would depend on these two approaches and understandings of the miracle of the of the Hanukkah. In the second way, that it was about the quality of the oil. Seemingly, both miracles are in the same category. And a qualitative increase in the power of the oil. In both cases, the lamp, the candles burned for much longer than naturally intended. 
With a chilek tzvishin zei, there would still be a minor difference. Vos aleph by Chanukah is given a gresere sofen keicha adleka if achtei kenal. Number one, the Chanukah was a little bit stronger because it lasted for eight days, not seven days, like by Chasara and Rivke. Beis by Chanukah is given a pazunder nes yedn tog. Chanukah there was a separate miracle every day, but yedn tog it daft on since the menorah because every day the menorah had to be kindled. Whereas by Sada and Rivka, the candles burnt for seven days consecutively. There was no need to rekindle the candles in the middle. So there still is a difference, but they still go under the same category that there was a, 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 a small amount of oil that lasted for a longer than naturally intended time of, uh, time of, of burning. So, so it's very similar. However, if you look at, at the first approach, in the Neschan, which was that it was a, a quantitative miracle that the, the oil was constantly replenished, is the Neschanak Varanandesuk. In that case, the Neschanak is in a totally different category. Miraculously, new oil was being created. But that's which we do not find by the candles of Sarah and Rivka that the oil was constantly being replenished. So you can say, oh, this is the, the, the uniqueness, this is the novelty of the Nes of Hanukkah over the Nes, over the miracle of Sarah and Rivka, that there was constantly new oil being produced miraculously. The truth is that even if you take this approach, it still does not uh, uh, lead us to understand the novelty of the miracle of Hanukkah. This wasn't something fresh and new that we've never seen before. We find this kind of miracle in the scriptures. The miracle of the oil with Elisha. As we know, it's this, this is in the Haftarah, that one of the wives, uh, uh, the wife of one of Elisha's close disciples came to him, her husband had died, and she was left with a lot of debt. And Elisha advised her to take, to borrow as many vessels as she can, and to pour the oil that she had in her house into the many vessels, to sell all that oil, and with that money, to pay off the debts, and to have something with which to live. And the miracle was that despite the fact that she started with one uh, jug of, of olive oil, as many vessels as she had, she was constantly, uh, constantly filling them and filling them, which means that miraculously more and more oil was being produced in order for her to be able to uh, pay her debts and have with what to live. So this idea, even though in this case it wasn't oil that she was kindling, but the concept of oil, more oil being produced miraculously already occurred in, Navi, in, 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 in the Navi in the scriptures. So again, if that's the novelty of Nes Hanukkah, it's not a novelty. It already happened. So we're back to our original question. What is the novelty of the Nes Hanukkah for which the Chachamim established a, a yomtiv uh, for the fact that the oil that was meant to last for one day lasted for eight days? Siv Gimel, the Rebbe is going, uh, sorry, in Siv Gimel, the Rebbe is going to point out a deficiency in each of these two explanations, which also lead us to, to the question, what is truly the novelty and the uniqueness of the Nes of Hanukkah? Each of these two explanations, either to say that the, that the oil was constantly being replenished, or to say that a smaller amount of oil had the greater quality 
and therefore was able to last longer. Each of these have something, a, a deficiency in their explanation, because of which we're going to have to find another explanation to what is what defines the, the, the miracle of Hanukkah, and that way, and through that, we'll understand why it's so unique. Leighton Eifenaz says, According to the first approach, that the quantity of the oil continue to be replenished. Is Yodua Dishayla, there's a, a well-known question. How can you light the candles of the Beis HaMikdash with miraculous oil? The Pasuk says that in order to light the candles of the Menorah, the lamps of the Menorah, you have to use oil that comes from an olive. If it comes from a miracle, it's not olive oil. In other words, the first day it was olive oil, but then after that there was a miracle that it was being, that it was being replenished. Where did that oil come from? It was miraculous oil, it wasn't olive oil. We'll have to answer that when the Torah says olive oil, it doesn't mean literally oil that was extracted from an olive, but rather something that has the characteristics of, of, of olive oil. For example, it has a clean flame, etc., as brought in halacha, what is, what, what is the advantages of shemen zayis? But that's not, uh, that's not uh, the simple way of understanding it. Torah says shemen zayis, you would think it has to be olive oil. So the question that's asked is, how can you light a menorah with oil that was produced miraculously? Also the second approach that we, that we spoke about in Si'iv Beis, that the quality of the oil was enhanced. Every night only an eighth of the oil in the cruise was used because it had more quality to it. Isn't it this too uh, uh, lacks uh, uh, a full explanation. Why? You have to put in the full amount, the proper amount of oil that the candles should burn, the lamps should burn from evening until morning. Established, they measured that this would be a half a lug. In addition, there is a, a, an ideal that is a cliche. That a, a, a vessel that is being used to, for service in the Beis Hamikdash should be full. As it's understood from the din, that to consecrate a klishares, a vessel of service, it has to be full because that's the most dignified, honorable way of using it when it's full. If it looks empty. It looks it looks cheap. So therefore, uh, and therefore, it's understood that even if you're not consecrating it, even if you're using it to serve Hashem in the Beis Hamikdash, it should be full. So number one. The, 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 there is a, a, an ideal that it should be the right amount. And number two, there is an ideal that it should be full. But according to this, it would be implied as on the first day they poured in the whole, the whole half a log, the whole cruise. So then it was, it, it, it was the right amount. But after that, it was never the right amount. Miraculously, it burned for the right amount of time, but what, what they were putting in was less than the proper amount that the Chachamim established. And the candles weren't, weren't full, the lamps, sorry, weren't full. So that's, that's one problem. If, if, you understand, if you understand it, that they put in, in the first day, they put in uh, the entire cruise of olive oil, and then every day it only used up an eighth, then on the second day, there's only seven eighths 
of the proper amount. On the next day, there's only a quarter, a three quarters of the proper amount. So number one, it's not ten lamidasa, it doesn't have the right amount. And number two, it's not full. And if you're going to say, one second, it was the right amount. Because, because it was burning, it, it had enough to burn. You have the opposite problem. It's not the right amount either. It's too much. The first day you had eight, you had, you had eight times too much. The second day you had seven times too much. In other words, if you're going to say that you wanted to put in the, the shear of Chachamim, then... And then, and then whatever, you know, the, the, the fact that it was less and only used up less. Then the problem is, is that, is that the next, is that from the seventh, from the second day and on, you don't have enough oil. It's not a half a look. If you're going to say, you, 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 here you need less than a half a look, then you have, an op you have the opposite problem. You have too much. Besides the, the, the last day, only the last day, you had an exact, you had, you had an eighth, uh, an eighth of the pach, which was the amount that was needed to burn the Yerevat Baker. So either way you look at it, whether the problem is the kamos whether the miracles, the kamos Hashem, the, the quantity, then the problem is, is that you're you're lighting the menorah with non-olive oil, with miracle oil. If the if the miracle is the echus shaman, then either you have too little or you have too much. Therefore, the Rebbe is going to conclude that there must be another approach that will explain what the miracle of Hanukkah was, and then you'll understand why it's so so novel, so it's so unique. We could say we could answer this question by introducing a third approach in explaining the miracle of Hanukkah. Which these above mentioned questions don't exist. Based on this explanation, will also become understood that in the miracle of Hanukkah there was something so novel, so unique that we've never seen anything like it beforehand. And this is the Rebbe's explanation. As we explained earlier from the Bess Yosef, is the Nes Chanukah let ein svar in dem, vas nosnu kal Hashem v'neiris, uba beiker matzu aneiris malayim Hashem. The Bess Yosef explains that what was the miracle of Chanukah? That they put in all the oil into the, into the lamps, and in the morning they came back and the lamps were still full. The Yashleimar. So let's explain this. As the Pirush and them is not as the Shemen at Uzki Brent and the Nacha Bezicht Nedis Vidrangi Fitment Shemen Bederchnes. What does it mean they found the, 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 uh, the lamps full? It doesn't mean that the, that the oil went down during the night and then miraculously it got, it got refilled. That's not what shot. Because technically, if you watched, you would have, you, you, you would have, you, it, it, was there any time that you saw it, you know, you saw the quantities changing miraculously? Nor, rather, what does it mean? As the shaman not gebrent, the shaman, the oil was burning. Und zusammen der meat is von dem garnet nachser gewaren. At the very same time, nothing was missing from it. Vi chazal zogin bechlal be'eshel milas chazal say about the fire from above. As soyrefes ve'ena yechelas. This is a quote from um, the medrash with regards to the sne that the 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 fire was burning, but it wasn't consuming. It was not consuming the, the wood or the branches of the snare of the burning bush. This was a miracle that while on the one hand it was on fire, it wasn't consuming anything. Similarly, says the Rebbe, that what was happening was the, the fire, was uh, uh, the candles, the lamps of the menorah were, were burning. 
But at the very same time, they were not actually consuming any of the oil. They, we'll see in a second, they were consuming it because you can't have fire without the consumption of the oil, but at the same time, it wasn't consuming. Ula Hoyer. Before, before we, 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 we explain this, we have to make a, a, a point. Even if you would say, like we said earlier in the, in, in, in the Sicha, that it's okay to light the Menorah with miraculous oil. Because the miraculous oil had the same characteristics as the olive oil. It's understood that it has to initially be lit from actual real oil that was that, that was prepared for the menorah. The fact that the Torah tells us Shem and this teaches us that the menorah had to be lit with real oil. It's okay later. Sorry. It's okay that later you can use you can use miraculous oil, but initially there had to be real oil there. And this is very, very important because the Rebbe wants to emphasize that we're going into this from the natural perspective, and then it is becoming miraculous. Kumtois, as in dem nasis This miracle was one of an incredible paradox. An HTV Vedanadis was coming from Shemin, was a natural fire and, and light that was coming from oil. Sorry, an HTV Vedanadis was the Kumf Shemin, was the Baizan Kilayan Shemin. When you're lighting a fire, naturally, it, there has to be consumption of the oil. The oil, the oil is, is what's pushing the, 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 the wick, the fire, to burn. Uli Idach Gisa had garnet. So naturally speaking, there was the consumption of oil. And at the same time, nothing was consumed from the oil. There was a simultaneous consumption and non-consumption going on. This is, Nimna uh, Nois is translated sometimes, the, the, the impossible, impossible. No, you have things that are possible, that are nature. You have things that are miraculous, that naturally are impossible. And you have things that are called in, impossible of the impossible. Meaning to say, it's even greater than a miracle. A miracle, you can, you, you, you can see the miracle happening. There are certain things that cannot be explained even miraculously. Like the miracle that the in the space of the Aran did not take up any space. Where you had these two, these two uh, uh, extremes. The Aaron the, the, the itself had a measurement. Torah gives a specific measurement for the size of the Aaron. So clearly, if you measure the Aaron, it would take up space. But at the same time, it did not take up any space in the in, in the in the in the in the holy of holies, as the Chacham explained. That if you were to measure, let's say in, in the in the Mishkan, where the Kedush Hakadoshim was ten Amis, if you were to measure from the wall of the Mishkan till the Aron, you would get five Amis. From the other wall to the Aron, you would have five Amis, which is ten Amis, which is the space of the entire entire uh, uh, Kedush Hakadoshim. While in the middle there was a a a, a Aron that took up two and a half Amis. It can't be explained. You can measure and measure here in Sirika as much as you want. It cannot be explained. So Chassidus calls this Nimnah Nimnois. You have space and beyond space take going on simultaneously. This is something that is impossible to explain. It's impossible to be impossible. Similarly, with regards to the, to the menorah, it was, it was on fire. 
It was lit, it was kindled, which means that it was consuming oil. At the same time, not one drop of oil went missing. So at the same time, it was consuming and not consuming at the same time. The truth is we could even go a little a step deeper with this. In the meaning from Hakam Arne Nemen Amida is not the Adgoshas that are not in Zichkat Beda Fachim Midu Nene Men Amida Vasachas. When we say that the Arne was was Nene Men Amida that it was space and beyond space at the same time, it doesn't just mean that there was two things going on. No Nachmer that Nene Men Amida is becoming Davke Dor Dem, but there are no Gata Bashim Temida. The fact that we can marvel at the fact that it doesn't take up any space is because it did it, it did have a designated a, a, a designated measurement. Had the order not been built in the exact measurement that the Torah defined, then it wouldn't be holy. There wouldn't be a ness. The whole ness wouldn't have happened. It's because it was the exact amount that the Torah defined it to be, the exact measurement the Torah defined it to be, that made it possible for it to be Enem and and the same thing would apply by Neschanakim. The Nes is the Kumen Davkut of Demas Malangatsun that Neres Mitus Kedin. The Nes only happened because they lit the candles, the lamps of the Menorah, as required according to Halacha. When we bow, there's the Erev Menorah Muzdal Bidin Kumen from Shemen. And since Halacha requires it to come from oil, which its uh, uh, nature is that it is consumed by fire, as the Nes from Matzu Aneres Malayim Shemen, the Nes that they found it full. With oil, as is not given, King Chesar and Hashem, and that nothing was lacking. Was accomplished by the fact, by something that, by definition, consumes oil. In other words, if they didn't light the menorah, or if they didn't light the menorah with this with this oil, then then you wouldn't have had a miracle. It's because Allah you have to light with oil. And because they lit it with the oil, therefore you were able to have a miracle that the oil wasn't consumed. So the, 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 on the one hand, it was, it was natural. It wasn't stam natural. It was, had to be in the most natural way possible because that's what Allah requires. And that brought about that it became so holy that it became unnatural. So you had nature and, and beyond nature in the same simultaneous moment. So it's not just that you had two opposites. The the one extreme made it possible for the other extreme to be activated. So this is the Rebbe's explanation as to what actually took place. It wasn't the, just the Kamos Hashem and the quantity of the oil. It wasn't just the quality of the oil. It was the fact that the oil was was the, the, the fire was consuming and non-consuming at the same time, which is the highest kind of miracle, which explains what was happening. And it also explains why the Ness of Hanukkah is such a novel Ness, because nothing before this happened. In other words, um, um, by, 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 by Sara and Rivka, you, 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 uh, you don't, it doesn't ever say that the, that the cups remained full. So you don't know that this was non-consuming. It could just be that it was consumed very slowly. By the nest of the Asuch Shaman, there was no fire. So there was nothing being consumed. So, Dafke, by the Nes Chanukah, where you had to have the consumption of the oil, and at the same time, nothing was being consumed. This is a, a brand new, uh, a, a miracle, and the Chachamim were so taken by it that they established uh, the, the, the Yom Tev of Chanukah. The Rebbe in Sivov, 
and the and, and, and Vav and Vaiter is going to explain how this miracle is connected to what Hanukkah represents. In other words, obviously it's connected to Hanukkah because it happened um, um, in, in the lead up to the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. But the Rebbe is going to explain that it actually, this miracle is, represents the definition of the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, what Hanukkah represents. And there's a much deeper connection between this miracle and Hanukkah, which we're going to explain. See Vav. To explain the connection between this approach of the, uh, an understanding the Ness and the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, we can be understood by explaining the difference between the three approaches that we explained with regards to the Ness. Either that there was an increase in the quantity of the oil, or the quality of the oil was enhanced, or the two opposites, the paradox taking place at the uh, at a simultaneous uh, time. So there's three different approaches we, that, that, that we brought up. What would be the difference? In the Esther Eifin, Zetzachon the Nesna and the Esther Egan, the first approach of the oil is being replenished. Miraculously. The miracle only, is only seen in the first moment. When the Shem and when the oil is added, when the oil is replenished. But then after that, there, there is a time where maybe you could see it, maybe you can't see it, but all of a sudden the oil is replenished. And after that, you have oil. You can light the menorah. And the, and, and, and the rest of it seems natural. And even though it's, it's obviously relevant to the uh, burning of the, of the, of the menorah. Because if you didn't have that oil, you, could, you would not be able to kindle the lamps of the Mesamikdash. So that means that the very burning of the, of the candles, of the lamps, is... Part, is part of the miracle. But, that's true, but nevertheless, it's not in a revealed way. The proof is someone walks in the middle of the night and he looks and he doesn't know where the oil came from. We'll have no idea that a miracle occurred here. Because he's looking at these lamps and he sees that the cups are, 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 are filled with a proper measurement and the, and the oil is burning. So the first, the, the, the first approach is really a one-time miracle. In the second way, there's a very small amount of oil that is burning a lot longer than intended naturally. You do see the miracle as the oil is burning. Really, you're only seeing the impact of the miracle. But the miracle itself happened in the moment where the Ebrister changed and enhanced the, the, the power of the oil. What did the Ebrister do? The Ebrister took the oil and said, it's going, this, this, this oil is going to have more power to it than naturally given. So you, you're seeing it constantly. It's not that you can't see the miracle. You walk in, you see an eighth of, an eighth of a cup of olive oil burning for an entire day, you know that this is miraculous oil. But what you're seeing is the impact of the miracle. That the Eibishter did a miracle that changed the quality of the oil and therefore it could burn now. But, the, but, but even in that case, the miracle happened at what time? The miracle happened when the Eibishter changed the characteristics of the oil. So again, again, it's not a constant miracle. It is a constant miracle, but it's not visibly uh, 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 you're not seeing the miracle constantly. This 
third approach, which as we said before, is the supernatural, uh, uh, beyond supernatural rather, miracle, the miracle is happening every single, not just not just the impact of the miracle, but the actual miracle taking with every moment. As the oil is consuming and not consuming at the same, t- same time, the miracle is happening in every single moment. So you have the first miracle where it, it's, it's, it's only obvious in the first second. The second miracle where it's obvious all, all along, but it's only the impact of the miracle that's being obvious. The miracle itself took place at, in one moment. And the third approach where the actual miracle is happening every single moment uh, uh, again and again. Now before we explain how this touches, how this connects to Hanukkah, the Rebbe is going to explain how these three approaches actually represent three different levels in serving Hashem. These, like everything else in Torah, these three approaches are three levels in serving Hashem. And to explain that, the Rebbe introduces the following. When we, when we take the concept of miracle and nature, as it is, as it is interpreted into the person serving Hashem, the difference would be as follows. Teva is the Aved Vadas. Nature represents serving Hashem with the person's understanding. The Aved is Agimas and Ladim, did this like well as Mateva Messias Adam. The serving Hashem is limited, is measured according to the person's limitations. A Vifal airfield to the extent of what he feels and what he, what, he, what he understands. That's how far he serves Hashem. That's Teva. Teva represents a person serving Hashem logically. I understand this is important. I understand this is what, what, what Hashem wants. This is what I do. Ness. Nes, miracle, represents the serving of Hashem with what literally would translate accepting of the yoke of Hashem and total dedication, which basically refers to a person going beyond their knowledge and understanding. We don't, we don't take into consideration the person's own desires. And certainly not with my nature or with my understanding or with my feelings. That's not what defines or, or decides what, how I serve Hashem. We do what Hashem wants despite what I feel or think about it. So you have Nes and Teva. Teva means I serve Hashem that limited to my understanding and to my emotions, my feelings. Nes means I serve Hashem in a way that I'm totally dedicated and what I feel or what I think doesn't, doesn't matter. Now, even though we have to clarify this, every, serve, every time we serve Hashem, even if it's logical and measured, it still has to be based on Kabbalah's oil, dedication, and, and, and commitment and, 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 and the readiness to sacrifice one's life. As our sages teach with regards to the fact that the parsha Shema comes before Vahoyim Shemaya, Yikabal of El Malchus first a person accepts the yoke of heaven, and then he accepts the yoke of mitzvahs, which means the foundation is first and foremost, I have to submit myself to Hashem. Totally. Person can't rely on their own understanding or their own emotions that they will constantly guide him onto the right path that the Abishter wants. Because sometimes a person is biased. 
by their own feelings or needs or desires. Therefore, even when I serve Hashem with my own understanding and feelings, it has to be based on, on my Kabbalah soil, on my dedication, my submission. So, so what are you telling me, Ness and Teva, that Teva is serving Hashem logically, and Ness is, is, is beyond logic, if even when I serve Hashem logically, I also need to serve Hashem. It also needs to be imbued with some supra-logical uh, foundation. But nevertheless, it still can be subdivided in various different levels. One way is that this feeling of Kabbalah's oil, of accepting the yoke of heaven, the commit, commitment and dedication to serving Hashem, is in the beginning of the day, when he says, which at that point, a person is accepting upon himself the yoke of heaven with total, total dedication. So he starts out his day, says Kriyashma, and he accepts upon himself the Kabbalah's oil with Mesidus Nefesh. The rest of the day, he, does, he serves Hashem logically, logically, rationally, according to his, his own personal limitations. And even though the feeling of Kabbalah Soil that he started the day with is going to leave an impact on the rest of the day, because otherwise, what's it worth? That the whole day when he serves Hashem logically, it should remain consistent with what the Abishter wants and not be distracted by the, by, by, by the person's biases. But nevertheless, this Kabbalah's ill, this uh, a total dedication and commitment, which is, which is the Ness, which is super rational. This is remains concealed. What does he engage himself with, and what does he involve himself with during the day? So teva means you serve Hashem logically. You, you serve Hashem according to your personal understanding and limitation. It's sprinkled, so to speak, with the kabbalas oil and mesiris nefesh from the morning. But the Aveda that you're engaging yourself in is Tamvadas. Atzveiter Eifenis. Another way of, uh, another approach, another level. As the Hergis HaKabalas Elmas is never so much as I am, is by Mary Begilly and the Aveda Meshachon Gansen Tog. That this feeling of Kabbalah Sayyidah Mesiris Nefesh radiates in this person's life in a revealed way throughout the entire day. Bizadas is Kavua, Belibay, Tomid, Mamish, Yemen, Valayla. Until it is. Uh, 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 engraved in his heart, literally, day and night, and never leaves his awareness. But it doesn't mean that a whole day his Aved is by Mesiris Nefesh. It doesn't mean that, 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 that every single moment of the day he's, he's, he's looking to give up his life. That's going to be the third way. In this case, he does Tayro Mitzvahs. He does Tayro Mitzvahs in a way that it's constantly imbued with Mesidus Nefesh. So the first way is that his Aveda is Tambadas and the Mesidus Nefesh from the morning remains concealed. The second way is that the Mesidus Nefesh of the morning remains in his awareness the entire day, 
But the Avoida that he's doing is Teiro Mitzvah, the regular day-to-day Avoida. It's not called an Avoida Shalpitam Vadas because the Mesiris Nefesh is, is, um, is inspiring it throughout the entire day. But it's not total Mesiris Nefesh because what he's doing is the Avoida of Teiro Mitzvah. He's putting on film, he's, he's, he's whatever it might be. But the third approach is as that entire day he's in a mode in a state of Mesiris Nefesh. And if you were to, uh, I should translate, he's entire, he's, a most, he's immersed the entire day in the Mesiris Nefesh and everything is consistent with Mesiris Nefesh. If, if, I want, if to use a modern day example, you have a soldier that's that's ready to go in to uh, to Gaza to 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 fight. So he right now he's on the base. He's not actually fighting, but he's ready with Mercedes Nefesh the entire day. So as soon as they, they call him in, he's ready to go. Then you have someone that's inside fighting. Literally, his life is in danger in this very moment. So the first one is he's doing his aveda b'derech but he's ready for Mesiris Nefesh in a revealed way every single second of the day. The third way is that he's actually doing Mesiris Nefesh. He's actually serving Hashem with Mesiris Nefesh. That everything that he does, even the Teiru Mitzvah that he does, is being done in a way of Mesiris Nefesh. Or the Chesidim, uh, the Yidim in Russia that, 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 that fulfilled Teiru Mitzvah with Mesiris Nefesh. It wasn't just that they were doing it and they were ready for Mesiris Nefesh. The very doing, the giving a bris, the, 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 whatever it was, was, was actually mis, actual Mesiris Nefesh. So you have three, you have three Avedas. One Aveda is you're serving Hashem B'derech Atam Vadas, but it is, it is guided by the Mesiris Nefesh of the morning. Two is that you're serving, you're doing Teiru Mitzvah, but it is constantly inspired with Mesiris Nefesh. And number three, the Avoid every single second of the day is being done with Mesiris Nefesh. So that the first one is Teva. The second one is considered Ness because it's Mesiris Nefesh the whole day. And the third one is Ness beyond Ness. As we know, the Rebbe Kiva would, would say, I was constantly concerned, I was constantly uh, uh, pained. When will I have the opportunity to actually uh, have Mesiris Nefesh? Not only in the moments of Krishna, every single day of his life, constantly, in every aspect of his, of his life, he was in a mode of Mesiris Nefesh. Always in a mode of Mesiris Nefesh. So when do you do which Avoida? So when, when are you meant to do the Avoida with Rechtam Badas? When are you do, meant to do the Avoida with Mesiris Nefesh? And when are you do, meant to do the Avoida of Mesiris Nefesh? When, when do you do what? So in Sif Ches, the Rebbe says that it depends on the situation. These three approaches, these three levels in serving Hashem depends on the situation, the circumstances within, one which, within which one finds themselves. In the what, what might be considered the, 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 the proper times, the the light of kedusha is, is shining, is radiating in the world. Or if you're going to look within the person, those who are tzaddikim, those who are righteous people, and therefore everything is working right. There's no challenge. There's no. There's no uh, distraction. 
is genugas is dodit nu from mesesh nafas meskip kishon mitchilus ayim. It suffices to have the 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 mesesh nafas in kishon in the beginning of the day. But when we bounce in the talking chayishach, since there's no darkness, is eich dust was there. It's so therefore there's no challenge. Is eich dust the reason mesesh nafas maspik to bavarinin as the shpeta de kavedis shall be tamedas like in the boy. So just the sprinkling, just the the impact of the morning's mesesh nafas. Suffices to guarantee that the avoda during the day will be according to the will of the Abishter and won't get a, a side railed, sidetracked by the person's tamvadas. But if it's in a situation when the darkness conceal, covers the world, covers the earth, is then the nefesh from the morning does not suffice. And later in the day, it's only just an impact. It's only a, something that, that, that's concealed. That's, that's, that's not going to suffice because there's, there, there's an actual uh, opponent, an opposition to the light of Kedusha. Then you need that this feeling of Mesir Nefesh should remain, should, should, should be a, a cognizant during the entire day. Because only then can you overcome the darkness. When there's no challenge. So the only challenge is yourself. But sometimes you, you get distracted. So as long as you have Mesir Nefesh in the morning, you can do what you have to do. But if there is an external darkness that is trying to overtake the light of Kedusha, then you have to be ready to fight. You have to be ready for Mesidus Nefesh. And that itself is two different levels. And if it is, as the Cheshach from Welt is master of Maidam of Elokus, nor a vifal elem alashnelem etzativim etzusa is Maidam master of Elokusha. One level is, is that the darkness of, that, that's concealing the light is referring to the fact that, that by nature, the world, the physical world, it, it does not allow spirituality into it. Meaning to say, it's a natural concealment. Since this is established to be this way according to nature, the primary of the person is to keep on doing the right things, to keep on doing what he does. According to nature, according to logic, according to understanding. But just in order to remove the concealment of the world, that it shouldn't challenge the person and get in the way of the service of Hashem. So this feeling of Mesir Nefesh, this readiness, has to, has to shine all day. So, so the, very, the way the Abishah created the world is, is that darkness, nature, opposes holiness and light. So therefore, therefore, as long as I can keep on working within the parameters of the world, but I have to keep the Mesidus Nefesh, the feeling of Mesidus Nefesh, within my awareness the entire day. So that the, the darkness and the physicality and the distraction of the world should not get in the way. But the Avaidah that I'm doing is my regular Avaidah. But when the darkness intensifies, in a way that it challenges the light of holiness. To the point that Yidin find themselves in captivity. The world is holding them back from serving Hashem. The pastor that Rebbe here is referring to the Yidin in Russia. Part of the Sikha was said in Yud Beis Tamus Tavshin Chavav, which is a time when the Rebbe was speaking very strongly about the plight of the Russian Jewry. But of course it is Incredible Ashkacha Pratis, how it applies to us today when Yidin are literally B'meitzer or B'shivya. 
Dan darf der Ikera Vede von Aiden Bashtenen Lechem sein mit dem Cheshach Eulam. Here you can't stick to the normal order of, of, of the world and do your regular Aveda. Here you have to go up in battle against the darkness of the world. Zebrechen dem Cheshach, to break it. Bis zum Hapech sein Cheshach Leur to the point that you transform the darkness to light. Und in der Aveda fordert sich, als man so stehen in a ständige Knur von Mercedes Nefesh. And to do this, you have to be in a constant mode of Mercedes Nefesh. Not just to be ready for Mercedes Nefesh when it will be needed, but to be constantly al kol tzad v'shalt meshach kaliyem. Every footstep of every single moment of the day has to be fully imbued with Mercedes Nefesh. So this is the third Aveda. If you, if you, that was going to explain this in Siftas, but just to, just, just to, to catch up, to summarize where we're holding over here. We started explaining that the Uftu of the Nes Chaneke is Nimna Hanimnois, is the idea that there was a, a, a totally supernatural miracle that was that nature and, and, and beyond nature was taking place at the same time. We explained that the uniqueness of this miracle is that it's constant, not like the other ways, the other approaches where the miracle itself happens once. Here, the miracle is constant. We started explaining how this, this reflects the person's avoida, that the hergisha mesidis nefesh is a constant. The feeling of mesidis nefesh is something that's constant. And we said that this applies to a time when the darkness is so intense that it's challenging the person, that's stopping the person from serving Hashem. Then you have to go up with a total, full-fledged mesidis nefesh in every moment of the day to fight the darkness and to transform the darkness. And the Rebbe is going to explain, that's Hanukkah. Hanukkah, the darkness was so strong that they needed, they needed this Nes Hanukkah, this Nimna Hanimnois, in order to overcome the darkness. And that's This is why Hanukkah had to have this, this incredible miracle, a miracle that was taking place every single moment. Because this is what was demanded from the Yidden in their spiritual uh, uh, service of Hashem. Because of the intense darkness in the times of the Greeks, they rose up. We should forget the Torah, and we should forget that it's the Abish's Torah, we should forget the mitzvahs, we should forget that it's the Abish's mitzvahs. That in Eden Kishtanen and Mesidus Nefesh Gluya, the Eden stood up in an open, revealed Mesidus Nefesh. There were weak people that they were standing up against mighty people. To battle against the darkness. And because the Yidden were in such a state of Mesidus Nefesh, this actually had the effect. That Hashem will illuminate my darkness with an extra Vav, which is explained in Chasidis. This is referring to the, to the name Havaya, the, the, the level of godliness that supersedes the normal order of creation. Only the Havaya from above can illuminate my darkness to refine and transform the darkness of Golas. So this is the connection between this miracle and Hanukkah, because Hanukkah was a time of intense darkness that needed, needed a full-fledged Mesidus Nefesh in order to overcome the darkness. And this is why at that time the miracle of Hanukkah that took place was one of Nimna Hanimnois, which represents the total Mesidus Nefesh. This is also reflected in the miracle of the oil, which was found with intact with the seal of the Kayangadl, which represents a level that the external forces, the forces of impurity, cannot reach it. It's still sealed. It cannot be affected negatively by the forces of evil. 
which is because it originates from the loftiest of levels that's beyond anything that has to do with Ishtalsos with the order of the natural world. When their father is the next gufa given in an even was not and therefore the miracle happened in a way that has absolutely no grasp, no explanation, no uh, uh, um, no um, um, connection with nature. Nimna hanimnois, which is referred to by nimna hanimnois. So, so it now brings everything together. The the challenge of Hanukkah. And the miracle of Hanukkah was all about reaching up to the loftiest levels of godliness in order to, to bring down the, the, in order to, to overcome the intense darkness and evil that was there at the time. Therefore, the miracle had to be in a way of nimna hanimnois. And therefore, and, there, and that explains the miracle of Hanukkah. And that is the uniqueness, the novelty of Hanukkah over the previous miracles. And uh, uh, now we understand uh, all of our the answers to all of our questions. We're going to conclude with connecting this with Yitzhak Kislev because, of course, as Chassidim, uh, a, a major element of Kislev is not just Hanukkah but also Yitzhak Kislev. Al pisav amanich vashtein, tishaychas mukalanal echtum anderin yomters v'chedus Kislev. The talk for Yitzhak Kislev was his This will also understand the connection of all of this to the other yomter v'chedus Kislev, which is Yitzhak Kislev. When we're in a state of darkness because of the fact that we're at the footsteps of Mashiach, then the darkness intensifies each and every day. That is when it becomes necessary to reveal the oil of Torah. Usually Torah is referred to as water. Then you have the Yayin Shebetayda, which is the secrets of Torah. Then you have Shemen Shebetayda, the oil of Torah, which is Razin, Dirazin, the secrets of the secrets, which is Pnimi Yisateyda. Because there was such an intense darkness, it became necessary to reveal the oil of Torah. Pnimi Yisateyda, Bistu Razin, Dirazin, Deiraisa, Pchines Nekudos HaYechidu Shebetayda, the essence of the Torah, which is Me'erudu Magaladin, Nekudos HaYechidu Fanayidin, which awakens and inspires the essence, the Pintel Yid, of the Yid known as the Yechida, the essence of the Yid. And the way it's being uh, brought down into this world is in a manner of the Mayanis, that these wellsprings should be on the outside, and not on the outside, but in a way that it is disseminated, and it's explained in other places in the Kutasichas at length, and how far it reaches, because you have this power of Mesiris Nefesh. And through this we can accomplish that the Eibishter will illuminate our light, our darkness. Even of this darkness, the darkness, this last final darkness of Golos. Until the, the, the promise will be fulfilled, that the night will be turned, will, will, will radiate, will shine, will be illuminated. Like the day the darkness of Golos is transformed to light, the card of Mamish may it be speedily in our days.